Hello, hello, and welcome to the Common Geeking Program. We are a book club style podcast where each episode we discuss a different topic from our own geeky and nerdy perspectives. I am your host, Jeff Levitt, and uh, this week we are going to be taking a look at the, uh, the Netflix Masters of the Universe Revelation series, at least what we have so far. And this time around, I, I am joined by just one other person. Hi, Chowder. Hello. My name is Prince Taimul Chaudhary. Oh my god. But fabulous secrets were revealed to me <laughs> he, when I held aloft my sword and screamed, I have the power! And then I became Chowder. <laughs> I love this fucking alternate universe explanation for your fucking nickname. It's just, uh, yeah, Chowder is one of the heroes of fucking power. But uh, yeah, this time around, we're, we're taking a look at, at, at He-Man. And, uh, yeah, we're going to start off by summarizing, discussing it, and then we'll end with our little uh, rating section where we decide if it was uh, if it was good or not, pretty much. Uh, you want to jump right into the summary? Sure. All right, so... If you're unfamiliar with uh, with He-Man and the Masters of the Universe as a concept, it was a uh, originally a uh, well, originally it was a toy line uh, created by Mattel, and uh, it's you know one of those classic '80s uh, franchises that was like toy first, and then you know uh, spawned like a television series and a bunch of stuff out of it. Uh, so it had a television series made by Filmation in uh, in that started in 1983. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we had a few different iterations of He-Man throughout the years, but this is just the latest. It's a um, a more, I guess, I, I, I would say it's it's meant to be more adult-oriented uh, animated series that was run by uh, Kevin Smith and premiered on Netflix, uh, I want to say like, what, like a month ago at this point? When did it come out? Yeah, like a month ago. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, first of all, like, right now, all we have is is five episodes. But, um, you know, it's that's just the end of part one. I don't even know if they're, like, calling it season one or, you know. But uh, we, I think right now we don't know when the next five are coming out. But as for right now, that's, uh, that's all we're talking about. Um, in terms of its connectivity to the original show... It's not quite, it's like a spiritual successor to the original show, um, but it's not quite like a, a straight up reboot either, because it is sort of like a a sequel to the hypothetical reboot, right, of the original show, because it, it, it takes some things from the original Filmation series and like some lore things from like the uh, the mini comics that were packed in with the uh, with the toys from the 80s. So there's like, some connective tissue, but it's it's not enough yeah. to say like oh it's a straight up sequel to the to the original series or the mini yeah, comics. It it holds a weird place. Yeah, it's sure. sort of like uh fucking the the newer um what's it called fucking Alice in Wonderland movies where they're not they're like not sequels to the old movies and they're not sequels to the books, but they're sort of sequels to this hypothetical you know, reimagination of the series. Like if, if you're, you know, looking at it that way, there's other stuff that's been like that too. It's not that weird a concept, but um, I feel like Transformers like, uh, does it a lot, actually. Like, you know, like the fall cyber, the war for Cybertron and fall of Cybertron games were like, you know, 
prequels to a hypothetical reimagination of the series rather than being prequels to a specific piece of media. I don't know. I mean, that's a fucking niche example. I think if you understand uh, Transformers, you probably already understand He-Man. <laughs> I mean, my mind goes to an my mind goes to an even nichier example of uh, this movie from the '90s called Return to Oz, which is like, yeah, not, yep, 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 <laughs> not which a, is like, it's not a sequel to the famous Warner Brothers movie, but it's, it's also not like not a sequel. It's not an adaptation of one of the books or anything like that. Also, yeah. 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 I, it, it's not that strange. Like, you know, there is part of me that wishes that we could have just gotten the, the, you know, um, the, uh, the adapt, like the updated adaptation instead of the, uh, the sequel to the hypothetical updated adaptation. But since they're mostly keeping in line with like most of the plots that you remember probably happened and the ones that didn't, they'll kind of fill you in on. You know, like, I think it still works relatively well in that regard. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean... Uh, they, I mean, they take, like, one of the threads from the original series, which, like, going back, it's like, oh, I guess there are threads that are left unanswered in the original He-Man, which is, oh, like... Sure. yeah. I mean, it's a... Cause, because, like, the third season was, like... Yeah, it didn't Not have He Man, but Shira. It didn't have a third season. It just right. had Shira. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, gosh, I didn't realize that. I kind of thought they ran simultaneously at one point. Um, yeah, that's what I thought too. But then, huh. yeah, nope. Yeah, but I mean, because uh, like you know, like a lot of those shows from the eighties, it's like they keep making it until it stops selling well, which usually leads to like not having a like proper ending or anything because it you know it wasn't for that it's like an extended toy commercial for the most part which is not yeah. to say it's not good but you know it's not like something that they had like a planned ending for like a lot of the other shows are like that too like leaving on like cliffhangers of just like oh this stopped selling so we're gonna stop making it rather than like oh it's time for this thing to end um but yeah i mean to get into the the plot of revelations um, or i mean or just like several shows where it's just like fuck you you you're successful doesn't matter we're canceling you anyway <laughs> sure infinity train <laughs> yeah Owl house is like getting getting like a shortened season three it's like three right. hour long episodes that are or three three long episodes that are the equivalent of like six episodes so that sucks that's just yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that really sucks yeah yeah cartoons get kind of dicked over a lot for a variety of different reasons and while like stuff like that is not really exactly in the same vein as like you know those 80s cartoons that really were just like a vehicle for selling the toys it's yeah it's yeah still but you th you'd think something as successful as he-man would have gone longer than two seasons and a spinoff sure time. but i mean you know, also, like, seasons were a lot more stretched out back then than, you know, like, what we were mm. used to nowadays. Whereas, like, I, if you look up how many episodes there are of the original series, I'd have to look that up. Because, that, like, that seems like it could have been... Let's look that up. How many episodes were there in the Filmation He-Man show? 130. So that's like... that. Oh, wow. That is a lot. I didn't even realize. Yeah. <laughs> 
and I'm not sure if that like I don't I can't remember if it was like one of those ones that like that like pairs two episodes, but still like you know two seasons but 130 episodes like that's a lot you know like and yeah. it, it, and like there's like a whole story about like you know how long like the toy series and how long that went on and then like how it started not selling very well due to like you know yeah just like what the politics of basically what was on the shelf at what time um which is a whole other thing which i would love to talk to at length talk to you at length about yeah. at a different point yeah but I've, I've seen the, that episode uh, of the toys that made us yeah it's yeah it's so cool actually I, I i love fucking toy history but yeah they've made like a few attempts to like reboot he-man like i remember yeah. this one uh show that really leaned on the conan the barbarian type shit and uh that yep. didn't last very long uh yeah the the two that i'm thinking about is like they did uh the new adventures of he-man i think it was called which was super not well received because it was like oh it's like he-man but in space and he's got a ponytail and it's like it was like a complete reinvention of the character and like the entire concept which i i don't know a lot about that show but i did one thing that i do know about it is that people do not like that show very much and uh there uh, one that was more well received which was the uh the 2002 reboot which the was kind two, of like following yeah, the, the 2002 like, reboot that's the one i'm thinking of yeah yeah the two th- there was like a big like you know early 2000s nostalgia boom for like a lot of those like 80s shows and stuff like that like transformers had um reboot then thundercats had a reboot then um, stuff like that. And that show, I think, was fairly well received. And, like, it's one of those shows that's, like, you know, it's it, it was pretty good at the time. And it is still good for what it is. But it, it doesn't quite scratch that itch of being, like, a, you know, adult-oriented, you know, like, in-depth plot kind of show. When you go back and watch it nowadays, yeah. at least for me, it doesn't. Like, it's still good for what it is. But it's very, like, you know, like, it, it's a cartoon that was made in the early 2000s. Like, mm. it 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 does feel like it, but um, I barely remember it. So it's pretty yeah. good. I would say, you know, it's like it's one of those shows where it's like I couldn't really binge it now. But like when I watch it, I'm just like, yeah, I would have fucking ate this shit up as a kid if I'd watched it more then. Uh, kind of in the line of like um, there was like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, show that was happening around that time, too, yeah, which I, I, know which I still think yeah. is like a superb show. But like if I went back and watched it now, I'd probably be like, yeah, all right. This feels like a. Yeah, no, I've actually gone back and watched that TMNT uh, show, early 2001. Uh, It it doesn't age. It hasn't aged well. Yeah, but at the time... You know what has aged well, though? What? Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And that hasn't aged well. It hasn't had enough time to age well. It's too new. It got canceled really early. It's like oh, I didn't even know it was canceled. Uh, it's been a, it's been, it's been a few years since the last episode. Fair. Anyway, uh, if we could, I would like to get into the plot of the show that we are talking about. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. The main sort of uh, premise of this is like basically what happens pretty much in the first episode is uh, it pretty much leaves off more or less where the original series hypothetically left off, right? They're still having their battle with Skeletor. Nothing much has changed. The main thing that's changed really is that uh, Tila, the main female protagonist, is about to be uh, 
I don't know, fucking knighted, I guess, as the new man at arms who is like, you know, yeah. the right hand man to the, you know, leader of the fucking army and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, it's a promotion. Who, already, you you know, know, man at arms is her is her surrogate dad, Duncan. And um, so they're all this a big party to to crown her as uh, or not crown her, but you know what I mean? To make her a new official man at arms. I think the word they um, were using was coronation. I yeah, coronation, right? Like but yeah. like, yeah, I, it's like a military post, so you wouldn't say you crown them to be that, right? Right. You know, I, I don't know. I'm just, it's, it's fucking semantics. But um, and meanwhile, we have uh, He Man showing up at Castle Grayskull, and uh, he's got two uh, you know prisoners with him from. Snake Mountain, that's the evil place with Skeletor, if you're unaware. But um and then it's revealed that uh that's actually a fake robot, a faker, who is a character from the fucking show, which is why Skeletor makes like a big deal out of saying, You might say he's a faker, because that's a, it's a fucking toy that's a repaint of He-Man, his name Faker. Um <laughs> and Skeletor basically kind of remarkably easily gets into Castle Grayskull and uh and puts the sorceress on edge and then you know she calls he-man to show up who is prince adam and the secret is only known to what is it four people know the secret is duncan orko uh cringer aka battle cat and the himself no the queen the queen the queen knew yeah but they don't list her like that's kind of a no i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure yeah four four people We, we had man at arms Cringer, the queen, orca. No, the sorceress. The sorceress is the fourth one. Because the queen knows, but He-Man doesn't know that she knows. He, he, oh, He-Man doesn't know that she knows. I. No, yeah, yeah. He he only there. So they only list. Yeah, it's the sorceress, Duncan, aka Man at Arms, Cringer, who is his pet cat, who turns into uh, Battle Cat, and Orko. Those are the four. The four people that knows. Anyway, not super important, but. Basically, they're the only ones who know that Adam is He-Man, and so Adam has to leave the party and, and get everyone to go fight at Castle Grayskull. Um, and basically, he's got a little battle with Skeletor, and it's like a you know cool battle, and Tila is there fighting Evelyn, who is you know, Skeletor's you know, right-hand female antagonist. Um, and Skeletor ends up tricking He-Man into uh, unlocking the crystal at the heart of Castle Grayskull, which unlocks the magical power the secrets of grayskull and uh as skeletor is trying to uh like siphon all of the power to himself by breaking the crystal uh the sorceress slows down time and uh basically he-man decides that like the only way to stop it from like destroying the universe basically because they, they also you know I, I don't know if this was like a thing that was talked about in the original uh show or the mini comics but like the backdrop of this is that uh, Eternia, which is the planet they live on, is like the absolute center of the universe and it controls all of the magic and power that is like exists throughout the entire universe, basically. Um, so He-Man decides to use the sword of power to siphon off that power, killing himself and Skeletor in the process. And our first episode is pretty much like, hey, He-Man dies and Teela yeah. finds out that it is Prince Adam. That is He-Man, and that's what the Revelations is supposed to refer to. Is like the right. whole backdrop of the series is is uh, Tila's revelation that it is He-Man, and ter- turns out, surprise, that Tila is really the main protagonist, at least so far, of this show. 
um, which we can talk about later because they've you know, fucking people have opinions about that. Um, but so basically, uh, that's the first episode is just kind of setting up the backdrop for the series, which is kind of funny considering the you know where we're at right now. It's only five episodes. Tila is pissed that this was hidden from her, so she pretty much just like quits and storms off. And the king is pissed that no one ever told him that he, that uh, his son was He Man, and so he so banishes bad. Duncan and Orko and Cringer, which is a real rough scene. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah you know, much like one. you know, like his uh, mother breaks down crying, like, "Oh God, yeah. He Man's dead. That means our son is dead." Right, and he's just, and like fucking Randor is just like, ah, bummer. He Man's dead. I guess he'll join his fucking brothers, the Paternia, and Marlena is just like, bro, that was our fucking son. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, what? Yeah, no, that that was a, I I think that was pretty good. You know, no, uh, yeah, it was a good scene, but it was like, it's a rough watch because it's just like, oh, all these people that have been, you know, friends and trusted each other for years have now legitimately fallen out and they're just like yeah he's fucking banishing duncan who is like his right hand man it's like his whole life is like being man at arms and stuff like that um so then where we continue on uh, we're not like gonna go through the exact details of everything that happens in every episode but uh fast forward it's sometime later i I don't remember if they say how much later if it's like a few years i remember hearing five years Uh, that that would make sense so now tila is kind of a um a sword for hire, I guess. Like yeah. she's she's I'm, partnered I'm, up with this girl who's a ri- an original character to this show whose name I cannot remember. Do you know what where her partner's name is? I forget her name, but she's technically not original. She's just very obscure, and they just used as oh, is as, she? Yeah, it, they just used that as an opportunity to just as a blank canvas, you know, like gotcha. Yeah, I, I remember watching like the Olivia He-Man. live. Is that right? I that think right. so. Hold on, I I'll probably Google this now. But but yeah, no, I was wa- yeah I was watching the He Man after show and uh, and like you know they were talking with the voice actors and actresses and uh you know her her voice actress comes on and it's like and they briefly mentioned that this is an obscure character. Ah, I'm fucking stupid. I just typed in Revelations cast and I'm like looking at all these characters and it's like, I don't fucking recognize any of these names. Where the fuck is He-Man and Skeletor? It's fucking Revelations. It's a different thing. <laughs> Gotta put <laughs> Masters of the Universe. <laughs> Chris, what is He-Man? Uh, Skeletor? Andra? Andra. Uh, Tiffany Smith. Wait, no, no, not in- Tiffany Smith. Is Andra. There can't be. Andra's somebody. Tila, Skeletor, Man-at-Arms, Mossman, Orko, Sorceress, Merman, Queen Marlena. Yeah, it's gotta be her. Why don't I just fucking type in Master of the Universe Revelations Andra and see what fucking comes up. That's her. That's Andra. Andra is the name of this character. That is surprising that she is not voiced by a black actress. Is that true? Or does this person just have very Tiffany Smith? Anyway, we don't fucking need to be Googling, but that that is, I was, yeah, I was also looking for a black actress. (laughs) Yes. Uh, uh, weird, but okay. the character is black. Uh, in case that wasn't clear, it doesn't matter. I mean, it matters a little bit, but it doesn't matter enough for me to fucking sit here for five let's, minutes. Let's <laughs> let's get up. Let's get back on track. Yeah. Anyway, so Tila is working with Andra, which is the character's name, and uh, they're basically mercenaries. Um, 
And they end up getting a job by this old woman who wants them to go uh, to Castle Grayskull. And then in the fucking surprise twist turn of the century, the evil looking and sounding old woman is actually Evil Lynn. Who could have known? Uh, <laughs> and she, you know, under false pretenses, lured them both there. But then the actual twist is that Evil Lynn is working with, uh, I think it's just Cringer at this point, right? Cringer and like, and, and the sorceress is in on, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just the three, because Duncan and Orko are off doing their own thing. But um, yeah, so the evil in the sorceress and Cringer are working together now because like basically when they did this thing that killed skill, kill Jesus killed He-Man and Skeletor, it uh, basically started draining all of the magic out of the, out of the world, which is, uh, you know, generally bad. Um, but Tila is like, no, I mean, magic is kind of like screwed up everyone's lives and it has enabled all of these people like Skeletor to like do all these terrible things. So like, why do we yeah, need the magic? And then the like, sorcerers like, without magic, we all die. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, basically what they have to do is when He-Man, you know, destroyed the, or destroyed the sword, it split it into two parts. And one half of the sword goes to Praternia, which is basically not just heaven, but like heaven specifically for like the heroes of power, aka He-Man and like it, his previous iterations. Yeah, I mean like think think Valhalla or like the Fields of Elysium, you know? Right, yeah, yeah. And um fucking what is the other one called? It's goddamn not post I'll tell you that. The what's the underworld? The land hell. of the land, land of the dead. Yeah, right? land of the dead. It doesn't it have another something Turnia? Doesn't matter. I don't anyway, think so. yeah, the other one's in hell, basically. Um, so they have to go to both places to get them, and then like they need help doing this. So like you know, Eveling brings along Beastman, and uh, they basically go and find Duncan because they need someone who has the skill necessary to uh, forge the swords back together. And Duncan is, as they think, the only one who can do this. And when they find Duncan. He's taking care of Orko and Roboto, who is uh, a fucking great character and a great toy. Uh, <laughs> who, I I don't, there was like a single episode dedicated to Roboto in the original series. And I think that they used like his, his, um, his backstory from the mini comics, not from the original show. No. I might be getting that wrong, but basically he's like. Uh, an android that Duncan had built and then was like given a, a soul basically. So he's, he's a good boy and he has, he ha like he has access to all of Duncan's knowledge and stuff like that. So in theory, Roboto can also uh, forge, cast the sword back together. Um, so Duncan goes on about like how, you know, like, Hey, I've got to protect my family now. Like Orko is real fucked up now that all of the goddamn magic is gone. Um, and I need to take care of Roboto too. And or Orko and Roboto are basically like, nah, fuck that shit. We got to help them save the world. Uh, so he agrees to help them. And um, then uh, they, they go on their little quest. They end up going to the, the underworld first. And they have this whole really cool, honestly, encounter with uh, with Scareglow, who's like showing them all their uh, work, you know, greatest fears and stuff like that. Um, you know, obviously, there's a lot more detail to it yeah, than that but basically yeah, and like you know tila uh tila's uh whole thing is just like a sort of frustration with like he-man but also like uh i i don't know if i'm ready to handle such power type thing and it's like 
And, uh, you know, and then fucking Evelyn and Orko end up together in a little fearscape and they end up having like a few moments, which I think is really cool. Evelyn, I think, in the, is really good in this show. Yeah. Uh, she's voiced by, uh, uh, what's her name? Lena Headey. Is that how you pronounce her name? Hedy Headey? Uh, I'm the not sure. Actress who plays Cersei in Game of Thrones. Yeah, let's not get into another Tiffany Smith thing. Right another now. fucking Google, Google, uh, <laughs> sphere. Um, and yeah, they have the words. I, I fucking love the shit in the in that episode where like you know Orko is explaining the origins of his name, and then Evelyn is just like says something. It's just like it was like yeah, no, my name wasn't always Evelyn. I added the evil part afterwards. <laughs> it's just like it's a sweet moment, but it's also just like very funny and very campy, which is like a general tone that I was not expecting the show to have is that it, it very straight faced takes the campiness of the original show and like runs with it where like Skeletor, you know, instead yeah, of Skeletor like, and He-Man will like say like the corniest shit with a straight face and it's great. Right. Exactly. Like instead of taking Skeletor into a direction of like, Oh, him being this like really sinister. And now we're trying to scare you with this character kind of thing. They definitely like, crank up the egomaniacal thing where he's like you know saying bombastic things and you know they've got fucking mark hamill uh yep. casting choice of a goddamn century voicing him and he, it's very yeah, mark it, Ham- mark hamill was going wild with that role yeah i know you could just tell that like everyone playing the characters is just like having a fucking grand old time basically um yeah. So yeah, they end up getting the sword from uh from the underworld but orko ends up sacrificing himself to do it and then Oh uh, yeah, real real quick though, I actually kind of thought Orko and Evil Lynn were going to like be a romantic thing or like I don't know weird, about that. I think they were just what? having a good, you know, we're both magic yeah. friends yeah. moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair. But like I'm ju- I'm like thinking weird direction to take this, but you know what? <laughs> I'm cool with it. <laughs> um and yeah, I mean that's the other thing we can talk about this now a little bit too is that like part of the intention here was like you know, we've got these two characters, Tila and Evelyn, who, at least in the original run of the show, basically are, you know, basically the sidekicks to the stronger male characters, right? Where, like, Tila is, like, doing everything for He-Man to support He-Man, and Evelyn is, like, in love with Skeletor and does everything for him. So the show is kind of asking this question, is like, oh, if you remove the characters that, you know, like, it's kind of a weird sexist betrayal to have the female characters just, like, you know fawning over the the male characters the whole time so if you remove the male characters from the equation like what are these two characters actually about which in concept i think is really interesting i don't know if it was executed perfectly con- but yeah 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 in concept i i in concept it's like yeah i dig that in execution it's like mm, at the end of the day tila's ultimately motivated even yeah, if he's not by, around by right exactly He-Man. And which, like that's why I yeah, think which not like they think not, it, I think they do a better job of that poorly, but they, like, I think they do yeah. a better job of that with Evil Lynn too, because also like if you look at where those two characters started out, um, like even in the original series, like Tila was always like a you know like a strong character on her own for the most part, and so was Evil Lynn, but Evil Lynn was much more like closely motivated by you know doing things to help out Skeletor. Whereas, you know, Tila didn't even know that He-Man and Prince Adam were the thing. Like, you know, like whenever He-Man showed up, she's like, hell yeah, He-Man, I'll help you out. But it wasn't like, oh, I got to get back to He-Man and find he You know what I mean? Like there's a, 
there is a difference there into the, like where those two characters started. But anyway, we can get into that a little bit later some more. Um, next, after they are in the underworld, they head to Paternia and Adam is there because, you know, he was a hero of power and uh, he died in that explosion, uh, which I felt like at the time was left a little bit ambiguous. And then they're just like, oh, yeah, here we're in heaven. And now Adam's here. I'm like, oh, shit. So he really did just straight up blow up there. Not just like, you know, the classic cartoon yeah. trope of there's no body. Therefore, can we really know? But uh, yeah, no, he's dead as fuck. And he's uh, yeah, he's in heaven and he's chilling, not chilling with a lot of the uh, the previous heroes of power, including uh, Grayskull, for whom the castle is named, including Hero and Wondar, some of the best stupid fucking names from the goddamn Master of the Universe mythos. Um, Hero. So they Wonder. they spend a little time there. Basically, uh, you know, Tila has her time to kind of hash it out with Adam and 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 come to you know uh, to come to terms with you know him not telling her and then him also being dead and stuff like that. Meanwhile, now that they have both the swords of power, because He-Man just kind of had the other half, because, you know, he's He-Man. Um, Roboto, who, because Duncan went off to, to, he didn't come with them. He went off to do something that I can't remember that is just a vehicle for getting him out of yeah. the plot for, for the most part. Yeah, which is like, man, he like the few moments where they did show him off, he was a fucking yeah, dude, badass. Yeah, they have uh, fucking What's-His-Face, um... You know what? I'm not going to fucking... The guy who plays fucking... Um, shit, I can't even remember the fucking character's name. He's another goddamn Game of Thrones actor, but he plays him really well. Um, and yeah, he's great. And uh, basically what ends up happening... Liam Cunningham plays Man right, in Arms. I can't remember the, the name of the... He's like the fucking dude with, without, who like lost a few fingers in, in Game of Thrones who's like... Uh, Little finger? No, 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 no. He plays um the who fucking... God, I can't even spend fucking a minute since I've seen Game of Thrones. Okay, okay, let's move on. Let's move on. Yeah, yeah. anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, he's a great actor, and he plays this character very well. But um, So he's not there, so Roboto is the one who's forging the swords back together. And throughout the process, basically, they, you know, it, it, it involves this, like, superheating thing, which ends up basically having Roboto sacrifice his life, too. Which is kind of rough to fucking have two episodes in a row where... Uh, fucking characters have, you know, tragic deaths where they sacrifice themselves. Like, even from a writing standpoint, like, it's just a little weird to have two episodes in a row like that. And also, just fucking saying, they had to go to Duncan and be like, hey, can you help us? And he's like, I can't help you because I have to protect my family. And then they bring his family along instead and get them both fucking killed. What the (laughs) fuck? Yeah, that's gonna be an awkward conversation with, uh... But then, there, uh, when they fucking get back, Duncan doesn't even question that they're not with them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, Duncan was in the middle of a fight, so you know. Yeah, fair, but st- anyway, I mean, <laughs> hopefully they'll fucking have a conversation about that in in part two. But it, it, it rubbed me the wrong way when I was like, "Oh shit, Orko and Roboto both died, and that's who Duncan was like giving shit about protecting at this point." What's going to happen when they're going to get back? And Duncan's just like, oh, shit, Adam, what's up, my man? Because uh, they, they get the sort of power back together at, at the cost of Roboto. And um, basically, Adam decides to go back with them. And the other heroes of power uh, explain to him this, like, hey, you only get this shit once. Like, if you go back and then you die again, He-Man or no He-Man, 
you're go- you're just going into the ground like everybody else. You don't get to go to fucking Paternia, Valhalla. And he makes the sacrifice of saying like, yeah, that's chill. I'm, I have to see this thing through and, and fix like the problem that me and Skeletor created, basically. And then uh, they get back, they have their moment and fucking we're about to fix all the problems. He-Man is about to do his classic, I have the power, and then surprise, Skeletor was fucking chilling out in Evil and Staff this whole time. I think unbeknownst to her, right? I don't yeah, think no, she knew. She, di- she, didn't, she didn't even realize that that's what Skeletor was doing either, and uh, yeah. Skeletor just and fucking, fucking Skeletor kills. goddamn impales Prince Adam in the chest, and... Uh, so we fucking see He-Man die twice in this show. At, like, Which is... I'm going to have an opinion about this because I, I, I don't think yeah. it's... I, we, I, we'll, I don't we'll think that he's going to be dead, first of all. Um, mm-hmm. Because that would be a really fucking bold move to not just kill He-Man once, but to kill him twice and then to also make a point of saying, hey, if you go back, you don't get to come back to heaven and then five seconds later stabbing him in the chest like that would just yeah. seem kind of malicious yeah. from the writer's standpoint yeah but here's the thing in the in the in the in the after show uh kevin smith i know like, he starts off he by does... saying we killed he-man twice but there's he's put out other tweets and stuff and saying yeah. like don't expect he-man to be dead and gone for good and i think he won't be yeah it sort of felt like it like Okay, let me just get through the last few sentences of the plot, and then we'll get into that, because that's, I think, the thing that we're probably going to be talking the most about. Um, so basically, Skeletor, you know, comes back, and now Evelyn and Beastman, who were fucking, you know, helping out the good guys to save magic, now have this choice of, like, oh shit, are we supposed to go back to fucking Skeletor? And they both decide to do that, so I'm guessing there's going to be some more character arcs with Evelyn especially, because, like, Beastman is just kind of, like, there. He's not really, like... Yeah. You know. I mean, Evelyn has, like, a really gr- great line where it's, like, sorry, I was starting to like you. And it's, like, yeah, yeah. oh, wow, <laughs> wow. Villain mode is back on, and it's, like, wow, I just fucking cool. also... Okay, I love that, like, in the in the first episode, uh, like, all the characters have their, like, classic designs, right? That are very much inspired by like their original incarnations and stuff like that. And then they've redesigned the characters a little bit in this five years later setting, right? And now, you know, uh Beastman, who usually has like, you know, his his the skin on his face is is um just skin, and then he's like fur over the rest of his body. In the five years later, his entire body is fur. So does that mean that Beastman has been shaving his face this whole fucking time? I think so. Because <laughs> that's a that is a question that is an answer to a question that I never asked, and I'm kind of happy that they asked that for us. <laughs> um, but anyway, so uh, Skeletor fucking impales Prince Adam and takes the sword, and he fucking decides to you know make himself the new hero of power, and he turns himself into Skelegod by doing the Eye of the Power. And all that shit. I and have that, the power. That is where it yeah. fucking leaves off. So this is our, our big cliffhanger. Uh, you know, if you were watching the show and you were sad that there wasn't enough uh, Mark Hamill Skeletor in it, I'm pretty sure he's going to be quite present in the in the next part of this show, which I would guess is also going to be the case for Adam, even if he's not He-Man. I'm guessing that he's going to be okay and maybe, like, too weak to do anything. Because, like, even without being stabbed through the chest, like, 
he kind of can't do shit as Prince Adam. So that that's where we where we left off. Um, the the big controversy surrounding this show and like I, I'm I'm I follow a um, a Masters of the Universe fan page on Facebook just just because like recently I started collecting some of the toys, so it's helpful to like you know be a part of a Facebook group to like see when stuff is hitting shelves and things like that. And there's like a lot of like really toxic man boys on that uh, Facebook group, and it's like you know the fucking demographic of people who were excited for this show too is also like middle-aged white dudes. So like already not starting from a base of like a hugely tolerant group, but there's been a lot of pointing with, with Go like on, the success of Shira, mm-hmm. uh, the, uh, that Shira show. And it's like, they got their shit in a bunch. They were already looking for something yep. to bitch about. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I was seeing like a lot of excitement before the show came out and then a lot of like rage after the show came out. To be but, fair, I, I think I saw equally you know, there, as many. You know, po- there were just, yeah, you know, there were just YouTube grifters who were like, okay, I need money. So yeah. I'm going to find the first uh, woman feminist bullshit thing yeah. or, and just bitch about that. And, yeah. And also, yeah. like, in that regard, there was a lot of hate in that regard before the show even came out. But, like, basically, like, there's a few different camps of people, right? Like, basically, a lot of people on the most extreme side are just angry that, you know, that Tila is the main character and she shaved her head and, like, she shaved half her head and now she's got the, this other character that she's with who, like, they, she may or may not be gay with. I feel like that's kind of implied in the show that it's not said mm-hmm. outright. But, like, I think it's fair to intuit that the two of them are in a relationship. Um but, you know, it's a lot of people basically... If nothing else, they're very close. Yeah, but it's like, it's basically, it amounts to a lot of people, like, pointing the figure at, like, woke pandering is a term that I've seen a lot. Uh, basically, just like, you know, if anyone writes anything that is even a little bit progressive, it, it must be just trying to pander to the liberal audience, not at all because, like, maybe the writers actually believe those things. I don't fucking know, you or know? Or maybe the writers just want to run with the character who didn't get a lot of... Mm-hmm. Uh, who has like some dangling threads and it's like, Hey, yeah. we've got something to work with. Cause the other thing too, is just like, it's always been he man and the masters of the universe. Like the whole fun of like the toy line and the old show is that like, it gives a spotlight to a lot of weird and zany characters. So it doesn't inherently, I think, kill it to remove he man majorly from the equation like i i agree with the camp that it's like hey i'm watching a new he-man show i would like to see he-man in it right like that it, it, that makes more sense to me than just being mad about there being a female character but you know i i think like they 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 have the capability to kind of run with it a little bit more just because like they didn't even call the show He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. It's called Masters of the Universe Revelations, right? So it's it's already meant to be setting up a focus on more people. In that regard, I don't think that they do a ton of that. I mean, they they get to put highlights on characters that didn't get a lot of love originally, like Scareglow or Roboto, but like... Or Merman. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean... They, 
the merman I mean, scene. I mean, he got he doesn't get a he got to come in and like do shit, which is yeah, that's cool. fair. Oh. Also, can I just fucking say that goddamn unironically, the funniest shit in the world to me is fucking Triclops and uh, Trapjaw starting a fucking techno <laughs> cult in Skeletor's a- absence. That is yeah, the funniest shit in the world to me for in the world to me, and I don't know why. It's just so fucking good. It was it was like, and I was watching this too, and I was like, this has a very specific vibe that I can't pin down until I realized that the guy voicing Triclops was the same one who fucking voices Zaheer in Legend of Korra, and I'm like, that makes a tremendous amount of sense. (laughs) It was just so good. Henry Rollins, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no. Uh, uh, Like, my mom was, like, in the room when I was, like, watching that uh, scene with the techno cult in it. She's like, so they're against magic, and they formed a religion. (laughs) It's just, like, Got kind of we this surreal moment where like my mom's like trying to understand what the hell I'm watching. <laughs> trying to I'm understand like, hey, the yeah. nonsense that is and, Masters of the Universe. <laughs> and I'm like, yep, yep, you you, you got about got it about right on <laughs> Which like fucking I don't remember there ever being like a, a conversation in the original He Man show about how it it is kind of this weird amalgamation of like super fucking cyberpunk techie shit and like magical high fantasy but like that that whole thing happening like when i watch that i'm just like that makes a tremendous amount of sense in a way that i never would have thought about before yeah, yeah <laughs> that, like the they would start ha- they would have this like, like schism about like the techno technological yeah. versus the magical because that's like what the world is made of basically in yeah. in, in eternia um, yeah the aesthetic of he-man has always been like conan the barbarian but like star wars it up a lot right exactly and, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and uh yeah so that was really cool um but yeah so like for me i'm like i'm kind of waiting to see where it goes i feel like if they started you know episode six or whatever and adam was just completely dead again that is i think where it would completely lose me right because like i i understand the concept of doing the show without he-man but to fucking kill him off in the first episode, then kill him off in the last episode, and then also deny him being able to go to heaven. Like, that's the point where it's like, okay, that feels malicious at this point. That feels the point where the where the writers are, like, putting up a middle finger or whatever, right? Like, I wouldn't feel that way if he died in the first episode and then they had his moment with him later and he decided to stay in Paternia, right? Like, that wouldn't, you know... And then they went on with the rest of the show without He-Man, like... I think that's fair. You know, it's not just the the Masters of the Universe without He-Man in concept. It's just like how they did it, if that's what they did. But again, I don't think that's going to happen. I think that he'll survive. Yeah, that, that doesn't look like what's going to happen. Yeah, because like... Which like... Because they're bringing Skeletor back you? too, right? So like if they just had them both dead, that would be one thing. But to have Skeletor come back and then and keep Adam dead, I think that would be... Uh, that would be strange, yeah. a strange which, decision which to like, make. Which, like, looking at how he was impaled, it's like, uh, we know you're going to live through that just because yeah. story, but, like, pretty sure that sword went through his spine, his lungs, his heart. To be fair, Chowder, that is also the exact same way that Skeletor was impaled in the first episode and then did live, so. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Also, we don't know shit about, like, now that the magic is back, maybe they can use fucking, you know... Eternian magic to heal him and shit like that. Like it doesn't necessarily, but like I feel you. Um, but yeah, 
Um, so yeah, yeah, I mean, like that, that, that's like the main thing is like, there's a, there, like the camp that I agree with is more like, Hey, if we're watching, if we're doing a He-Man show, can we not do He-Man dirty? Right. The, the camp I cannot get behind is the ones that are just mad about it because like Tila is the leading character because she's a yeah. woman and shit like that. Cause like, I think I mean, that there are legitimate I mean, complaints to like the way that they did it. But there's also a lot of really illegitimate complaints <laughs> that absolutely. people are latching on to. Uh, I mean, it's always reassuring to know that they're just so small that despite how loud they are, it's really not. They really have no influence. Like, Well, yeah. I mean, know, there's the Sh- one thing. Shira show, d- despite all the loudness, was successful. Yeah. You know? I mean, but that's the other thing, though, mm-hmm. is that, like. I, I'm pretty sure this is one of the, like, they fucking, like, review-bombed the show, like, as soon as it came out. So it's got, like, uh you know, it's, like, one of those shows on, like, uh, fucking uh, Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb that has, like, a much, much higher critical score than an audience score just because people went on there and just, like, tore it apart. And the only people who did that were the people who were angry enough about to do it who obviously hated it because they're obnoxious man-children, you know? So it's, yeah. like, I probably that won't have impacts in the long run because like views are the thing that matters. But yeah, no, it, it is nice to know that like, you know, after all the bitching it's like, it's still a, hopefully a minority. I can say for me, like in the groups that I follow, like I've seen a good amount of like a, a decent amount of posts also that have also been like, what the fuck are y'all talking about? I thought it was incredible. So it's like, even within the, you know, the toxic man boy fucking niche, there is still a lot of people that are like, calm down this was good you know but um so yeah that that that's pretty much the the whole plot and uh yeah i mean we could fucking go on forever about like you know, how people are just like fucking immature about you know stories going in different directions and quote unquote woke pandering and stuff like that but do you have other stuff from this that uh that you want to pick out and talk about the uh, the thing about him uh masters of the universe revelation was it mm-hmm. was fairly simple all things considered you know does what it needs to do and goes yeah and that's like that's one thing i i can say too is that like someone who's been you know recently fucking burned by another 80s franchise coming back and doing into goddamn netflix reboot like the fucking transformers series that has been on netflix and though you know transformers has a reboot much more frequently than masters of the universe does like there's i think you know you look at that show and you're like okay clearly like the acting is bad, right? The dialogue is bad. The story is almost nothing, right? There's a lot of, like, quality complaints about it, whereas, like, every potential problem I have with this is about, like, where are you going to bring the plot from here? But I think it was well-written. I think it was well-animated. They had fucking, you know, they hired union voice actors, so it was well-acted, uh, <laughs> stuff like that, you know? Um, like, I think it was well very well made and in terms of like if i'm totally down with the plot or not for the most part i think i'm positive on it it's just a matter of like i want to see where it goes from here because it feels like it definitely feels like since we're you know we only got five episodes we're not looking at like the full picture yet you know what i mean but yeah no i mean it was uh it was cool to see like a lot of you know uh like nicely animated versions of like characters that just like pop up in the background too. Like we fucking see like clamp champ and Fisto running into, into fucking battle. <laughs> um, there's some like 
strange absences. Oh uh, yeah, more than three frames of animation this time. <laughs> There's like some strange absences of characters that were pretty prevalent in the original sort of like continuity, like Ram Man and Stratos weren't there. Um, fucking, there was no Man-E-Faces, which rips my heart out, because I fucking love Man-E-Faces as, like, the dumbest shit you could fucking come up with in your entire life. Fucking Man-E-Faces. Yeah, no, I, otherwise, you know, it's, like, it's pretty good. I, I, I like the moments that, that they had with, uh, like, I'm really interested to see, especially, I think, where Evil Lynn goes as a character, because, like, as much as, you know, I want to fight back against, like, the toxic man-children who are just, like, complaining about Tila being the main character, I don't think they made Tila, like, tremendously likable in the show. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was... I, I was found myself rooting for pretty much everyone else on screen, like, more than Tila. Because, like, they kind of made her whole character arc just being, like, really resentful of Adam, and to the point where, like, she starts telling him off as, like, as soon as she gets to heaven. And we're, and I was sitting there like, bro, this guy is fucking dead and sacrificed himself for the whole universe. Could you maybe calm the fuck down and at least be chill to this man who is your friend? You know, like, that yeah, kind of thing I mean, is, like... I mean, like, I get what they're, I, I get what they're trying to do, you know? Yeah. Like, she misses the dude and she, like, channels Danny to, like, ah, I... I'm frustrated that you did that to us. No, to for me, sure. I us. just think, like, I, I absolutely understand the motivations there. I just wish they hadn't dialed it up to 11 quite as much, like, and had yeah. gave her a bit more, like, a few more moments where she had, like, character traits that were, like, you know, not yeah. appealing, yeah. but, like, someone you could really root for a bit more. Because, like, because, uh, like, what the, I wish is that there was, sorry, like, there was more to Tila outside of he-man because like, right yeah exactly attempts like, I, to like make her a more fleshed out character and i think they succeed for the most part yeah it's uh, just like it, it kind of sucks when is... you when you have your protagonist whose entire character trait is like being mad about something that the other characters did to her you know like she surely as a character has her own goals and and like ideologies and stuff like that outside of this one event that happened to her. Right. And I wish that they had like, you know, explored that a little bit more rather than like everything tying back to like the the quote unquote revelation from episode one. Because, you know, even her stuff that wasn't about He-Man was, like, being mad at Duncan or being mad at Magic because it caused all this. And, yada, you know, it's like it all kind of revolved around that event. Whereas, like, yeah, I feel like we could explore her a little bit more to, you know, like to, to flesh out character traits other than that. But but yeah, no, I mean, like, I'm, I'm oh, just looking at my nice. other fucking things here. Is there, oh, yeah, I mean, fucking Skeletor getting to Grayskull really fucking easily, which I understand why they did from a writing standpoint, but it feels just like he just walked up two dudes and just marched in there. It's like, why didn't you do that before? <laughs> but, like, I understand they want to get the action rolling and you got to get him there somehow and, and fucking, you know, they want to make the faker reference or whatever, but, like, could have made his plan maybe a little bit more elaborate considering he's been trying to do this for like literal decades or whatever the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like just some random mook in Skoto's army is like, sir, wh what? What if you just tried walking in there? <laughs> what? 
walk. Just, just walk in there. I've never thought of that before. It's genius. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that again is like that's like a a minor plot quibble. Um, I thought Orko in this was really good. I I remember from like origin like a few of the trailers. It looked like like shots that they had of Orko made him look like des- his design was like darker and grittier. And I was like, you can't you can't do a gritty Orko. Like he's just like There's the campiest no motherfucker. So I'm happy when the show started that they really decided to like steer into that like campy aesthetic of like, you know, yeah. fucking cringer. Even when he's in his regular cat form can talk and he sounds like the cowardly lion from Wizard of Oz, you know. And, like, all of the characters, even the evil ones, will just, like, make occasional puns and stuff like that. Like, I like that they decided like, to run with that a little bit. Because, like, yeah, I think that kind of, like, that that kind of aesthetic is hard to do earnestly, I think. And have it come off like it's well written in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, I like that they leaned into the camp. Like, he yeah. man without the campiness is, like whatever man like, right it's, it's like it's the same with it's the same feeling i have about power rangers you know yeah like, right yeah but like uh, yeah it's it's the same kind of thing where it's like right like transformers does this too it's like there's been like grittier like the, if, I, if i could fucking rant more about the goddamn netflix series it tries to be too gritty and serious and i'm like let's not forget that this fucking show is about robots that turn into cars right like it's an inherently goofy concept so Let's have a little yeah, fun. Like, that, uh, like re- that's not to say we yeah, can't like, tell fun stories that are like well written and have depth. But let's not fucking you know lose the plot here. It still is has to be fun at the end of the day. Which like you know if they had tried to go go real gritty with He Man, I think it would have been that same feeling because like every single one of the fucking characters' names is a goddamn pun. So like you don't pretend like this is like a dark, gritty, serious world, which is why I think that leaning into the camp in the way that they did was like good, you know? Like I think Yeah, it, exactly. Yeah. Like I I like that recent that uh Power Rangers movie mm-hmm, mm-hmm. was like <laughs> it was like so self serious that it's like guys, it's Power Rangers. Like even yeah, even yeah. the Japanese even the Japanese Super Sentai shows, which do do, which do like have some dark plot lines, yeah, are still campy as fuck. Yeah, dude, and like if they're not mutually exclusive, is the thing, right? Is that like you know, there's been like I I don't think I would enjoy Transformers as much as I do personally if it were if every version of the show was just like nonstop camp. You know what I mean? It's the fact that they can do it doesn't even have to necessarily be campy as long as it still acknowledges that it's fun. You know what I mean? Whereas like, you know, like I I feel like you can have those really in-depth stories with characters like that. Like, you know, even if we're taking it away from like things that are inherently silly concepts or whatever, like if we look at other cartoon shows like Steven Universe, for example, like that show gets real fucking dark, but it's still a cartoon on Cartoon Network. And it's like, a lot of the filler episodes are just like gags and and goofs that feel totally in line with the rest of the show. You know what I mean? It's like we don't have to stop having fun to tell serious stories, which is something that yeah, like, like reinventions or, or like of these later- kid media things. I feel like that's a trap that it, that they fall into a yeah. lot. Which is, yeah, I mean, like, because I, I think generally, like, a lot of people think about it as like, oh, if it's a cartoon, I shouldn't expect it to tell good stories or whatever, because it's a fun thing for kids. And my adult media, 
I don't want to be making like jokes or whatever because it, I want it to be a more serious plot line. It, like it feels that's like the approach that the writers take a lot of times where it's like if yeah. we look at, you know, things that are really successful, like even compare like fucking the superhero cinematic universes, right? Like Marvel is way more successful than DC because, well, I mean, for a tremendous amount of other reasons, but like the DC movies all try to be dark and gritty. And like, I'm just like, Let's not forget that our main character is flying around with underwear on his, like over his fucking pants, right? Like it's no, no, they got rid of the underwear. Remember? Yeah, sh- so right. Because it was, it was too, you know, it's exactly. It's like don't fucking get rid of your Superman underwear. You don't have to do that to tell a good story. You know what I mean? Is like the fucking synecdoche of the the goddamn situation. <laughs> Whereas like the yeah, Marvel Cinematic like- Universe is fairly successful because it has fun. Like all the characters, you know, have wit and jokes, and they don't shy away from doing like a bunch of reser- absurd things, but they can still tell like engaging stories that feel like some that feel like things that adults can get into like the bit the best dc movies are the ones that do have some of that comic book silliness right aquaman yeah uh wonder woman wonder woman is just uh like patty jenkins even says herself that like she uh they deliberately like uh try to invoke the vibe of like the early mm-hmm. silver age wonder woman in the in it uh, yeah because i i mean think personally as of so fo- so far that my two favorite uh of the like you know dc uh eu movies are the that's important the suicide squad the new one and birds of the james prey. gun one yeah yeah which are yeah. like both and birds steer, of prey yeah i love birds of prey they both steer into Shazam. that silliness way more than like the movies that try to take themselves really seriously, like Justice League, which like fucking even the like even the Snyder cut, like could you fuck off with this fucking extended director's edition that is in black and white? What are you talking about? You are fucking yeah, making like, a movie about yeah, like superheroes, my- some of the most colorful characters. You know, it's like that kind of vibe is like the epitome of it. It's just like, yeah, what what are we doing here? You know, <laughs> like my favorite DC movie is uh, Shazam, which is like. Oh, you know, uh, look, you may have your opinion, but I actually, like, really like that movie. And, uh, yeah, one, it's, like, a lot more lighter than the other uh, other DC movies. Yeah. I even point, say it's the best fucking Power Rangers movie ever made. <laughs> That's funny. But, yeah, and, I uh, didn't... But, I and yet, ironically, it's perhaps got... It's perhaps grittier because, like, it deals with, you know... Uh, uh, abandonment foster homes yeah right yeah yeah i i did not personally like shazam but i will say in that specific regard you're absolutely correct about it like that that's not the reason i didn't like shazam were for the you know things that we're talking about and we don't need to fucking get into why i don't like shazam but yeah i, I think you're right about that is like you know it, it is still better to like embrace the inherent silliness of the character which doesn't even necessarily mean it has to be campy or like nonstop goof fest right like you can have a lot of serious stuff go on and and still you know like uh fucking not to get on too much about dc because like you know that's not mainly what we're talking about but like when i think about like the dc animated shows too i think like the one that is my favorite is uh young justice which just kind of like takes all of the inherent silliness of the superhero world at face value rather than like a lot of the, you know, reboots of, like, those DC stories try to be, like, 
oh, here's how this makes sense in our in our, you know, in a real world context, like all of these well, characters no, act- who were super act- villains of the comics, that's actually just their mob boss name. Like that's a nickname that the fucking masses yeah. gave to, you know, it's like that kind of shit gets old I, I after I don't know. a while. Like, I think, yeah, I don't know. I think Young Justice does like try to think about like it's superheroes and supervillains in a realistic setting. It's just sure. Yeah. No, I mean, like but- it doesn't try to like sand over the superhero tropes with like yeah thriller or mob tropes but rather that rather that like it's like uh, i don't know how to no no i I understand what you're saying and like i i totally agree with you like i that's more i guess what i'm talking about is i'm like i'm comparing it in my mind to like things like arrow where it'll be like oh it's like they call him the count vertigo because he sells all these drugs that make you dizzy rather than like him just straight up being a guy who has fucking like psychic powers or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like the, right. the show will like the young justice takes all of those concepts at face value and makes them seem more like makes them feel like they make sense in the world by creating this broader world that operates that way rather than trying yeah. to make it sense for our world by, like you said, sanding over all of the, like, goofiness and, like, making everyone's costumes three shades darker and shit like that. You know what I mean? That's, I guess, more right. what I'm talking about. Um, but, yeah, I mean, anyway. And it was like, you know, that's just, like, the fucking one I'm thinking of. But, like, there's, like, literally every fucking villain in, in like, the first season of Arrow is, like, they they give them their supervillain names by just saying, like, they call him this, you know, rather than just being, like, yeah, he just goes by that because he's fucking crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, right. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, that's neither here nor there. Basically, the, the fucking resounding point here is that this show steers way into its silliness in a way that I feel like feels pretty sincere and feels like, you know, it's not just making a campy, goofy show that's just for kids, but it is taking that that campy tone and and running with it and i think it's also really interesting the way that they like in the fucking like the current way way place the plot is like in the five years later they'll have occasional flashbacks to like basically the golden days like the good old times between he-man and skeletor and those scenes are like way more campier than the new ones but they don't go so far as to remove the the camp entirely from the new like you know future where everyone's depressed you know what i mean yeah and like also another good thing is they don't like do the whole they're not embarrassed about about the source material exactly like, yeah, it, yeah there's yeah. no there's no point where they're like ah oh, this is so stupid and silly huh but it's always just there's always a genuine sense that they like he man and the show right and they yeah. like they like it for what it is rather than what they they wish it were exactly yeah and it's like. All this, like, all this nonsense about fucking woke pandering and, like, oh, if they make Tila fucking, you know, a lesbian, then He-Man is going to be gay, too. And I'm like, guys, the fucking character that you're wanting to be this fucking, like, symbol of goddamn your your masculine fucking empire or whatever, since the original show has worn a fucking he wears pink, like a V-neck, pink V-neck. pink V-neck that goes down to his goddamn crotch and... At the end of every single episode of the Filmation series, they fucking stop the show to be like, 
And here is what we learned today, kids, about how you should be tolerant of other people. And y'all are fucking telling me that there's no universe in which that dude could have been fucking gay? Shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> man, man, I hope they make Key Man gay. I hope they do what they did, do what they did with Sheeran. It's yeah. like, yeah. He's gay. And that's like, that's the other thing Fuck about this you. show that like is a slight disappointment to me is not that like, you know, not for what it is, but like when they announced it originally, I'm like, oh shit, are they going to do their, they did a Netflix she show that makes vague references to attorney and stuff like that. And then doesn't talk about it at the end of the show. And now they're making a Netflix He-Man show. And I was hoping, and I know you were too, that they would be set oh, yeah, in I'll... the same universe. And it it does make me sad that there that that show doesn't exist, but that you know it's very yeah clear. no that that yeah that was the my big biggest disappointment. But it's yeah. like well you you can only take what you get, and uh, yeah. what we got is not bad, right? And and like it, it, the show like you know it it doesn't you know you know immediately from watching it is like oh this is not that. this is not in that universe like you can tell like obviously the animation is different but the tone is different it sets up different you know like world building rules and stuff like it's not connected and i would like to see a show that is connected but you know i'm not gonna judge this show for not being that when it was never intended to be i just wish that existed right um the one thing is like in terms of talking about that in terms of like talking about you know uh like people being disappointed that they wanted a new He-Man show and then they feel like it's more of like a Tila show, at least so far. I will say that the trailers for this show feel a little bit misleading going back and watching them. Yeah, like, they, they show off He-Man and Skeletor a lot in those Yeah, movies. and it's like almost all of the clips are from either the fucking final, the, fir- the battle in the first episode where everything is more like classic reboot of the original show and like the flashback scenes and stuff like that. And it's like, that does feel a little disingenuous. Like I get that, you know, you don't want to ruin the plot outright by saying like, you know, here's He-Man dead, but there's a part of it is just like, well, that is kind of the whole plot of the show, right? Is being like the whole like concept is what if He-Man, but He-Man dead and Tila instead Right. Like that is kind of the mission statement of the show for the most part. So to show trailers that like make it look like it's going to be a straight up reboot, um, focusing on He-Man and Skeletor feels it does feel a little bit disingenuous. Like I get I get the complaints there. But again, you know. It's 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 you have to parse out the difference between like the legitimate complaints and the, you know, complaints that are entirely based on like sexism and toxic masculinity and <laughs> gamergate bullshit right yeah, exactly gamergate bullshit yeah which is yeah it, it's 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 rough and i i feel like you know there's like several things watching this show that like my first reaction to something happening was whoop people are gonna be mad about that <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, let's move on to the ratings. Yeah, that's, I think that's what I was about to say. There we go. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that that pretty much covers us here. Thank you, Chowder, for, for a very nice discussion. And now we are going to be moving on to the ratings section where we very will. Powerful uh, discussion, I would say. Huh? 
a very powerful discussion. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Power. We have the power because we are speaking to you through your podcast ears, and you can't fucking argue back with us if you're a fucking little man child who thinks that the show is terrible because he because fucking Tilo got a haircut. We're the ones with the power here. The only thing you can do is shut off the fucking program, which honestly you probably did fucking. Uh, like 30 minutes ago, <laughs> if, if you're in that camp. But, uh, yeah, uh, we're gonna be rating the topic here today and, you know, just talking about if we liked it or not, which, you know, you probably got a sense of already. But, um, what do we want to rate it out of on a scale of one to ten? Hmm. I don't know. There's some, I mean, we could just fucking be boring and say, like, fucking Swords of Power or some shit or, uh, you know, fucking. Uh, one to ten lessons of the day. <laughs> one to ten, I like that. One to ten lessons of the day. I want to bring it back somehow to the fucking techno cult because I don't think, like, I I've said it out loud, but I just want it, it to be properly communicated how much I fucking love that subplot. <laughs> uh, I I guess the first lesson could be about the dangers of cults. Fair, yeah, and that that really says a lot about the uh, the overall fan base that is uh, that is really angry about the show too. If you think about and, uh, it, the second lesson can be being safe with uh, technology. Yeah. Uh, anyway, okay. yes, uh, one to ten lessons of the day. How do you feel about it, Chatter? Let's see. Uh, I, you know, uh, as you as you can all probably guess, I enjoyed it uh uh again like i feel like tila despite their attempts to flush her out can come off a little bit thin at times yeah uh i i think the art style looks good i like the action sequences mm-hmm. uh, uh i like that they strike that proper tone where it's like yeah it's campy but also yeah action so yeah i'm gonna say seven seven out of ten lessons of the day all right that's fair yeah and i'd say i'm landing pretty much in that similar camp for me it's like everything about the show like you mentioned like the the casting the acting the animation the dialogue all of that stuff i adore i think it was fantastic in that way when it comes to the plot I think I mostly liked the plot. There were a few, like, minor issues. Like, you know, I don't really like that they two episodes in a row killed Orko and then Roboto. thought that was kind of rough. Um, and But the rest of my feelings about the plot are really, really dependent on where the rest of the series goes. Because it does feel like we're looking at, like, a halfway point at the very most. You know what I mean? Um, whereas, like... You know, I, I feel like where the show goes could completely make it or break it for me. Like, so far, the tone and the way that it is, I really like. But if it goes to some, like, totally, like, whack places in the plot, I feel like that could kind of crush the whole thing for me. But if it makes it through, like, with a, with a good plot, that would also elevate it that much more for me. So it's sitting in this weird place where I'm just like, I kind of don't know yet, but I'm, I'm kind of sitting in that 7 to 8 range right now. Um, probably I'd say seven and then let's like, you know, if the, if the plot goes to places I really don't like, then it would probably drop to like fucking, you know, a, a five. And if it goes to places I really like, then it'd probably get up to like a nine or a 10. That's kind of how I'm feeling about it right now. So for now, it's safe is to say seven and agree with you, but yeah, um, that's, uh, that's pretty much all we, uh, all we have for you guys today. Uh, I need to open the document that has the rest of my script um 
that about wraps it up for us today. Thank you for listening to the Common Geeking Program. Again, I've been your host, Jeff Levitt. Uh, you can find me on my uh, YouTube channel where I do toy reviews, including, but not limited to, some Masters of the Universe toy reviews. Uh, that is Alchemist Prime Reviews on YouTube. And again, I've been joined by Chowder. Chowder, where can people uh, find you if they want? Uh, you can, yeah, you can find me on the sister podcast, uh, Dice Populi. We do like D and D stuff there. It's pretty fun, and like my, the campaign that like I'm gonna be DM, DMing is coming up. So, uh, stay tuned for that. And uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Timeul Chowder. Nice. And uh, yeah. And uh, that uh, yeah, that pretty much does it for us. Our, our next episode is going to be another common briefing program where we look at the uh, the geek news for the month of August, and that'll be airing on the first Friday in uh, in September, which will be the third. Oh, that's my uh, that's my dad's birthday. Cool, Nito. Uh, and uh, our next episode after that, which will be another regular brief, uh, common geeking program, will be on the third Friday in September, which will be September 17th. So look forward to both of those things. But uh, yeah, thank you all for listening, subscribing, sharing, and everything that you do for us. And we'll talk to you next time. Ciao. Yeah. This episode of the Common Geeking Program was hosted by Jeff Levitt. Join this episode by Timul Chaudhary. The Common Geeking Program was created by Jeff Levitt and Colin Ketchin, with music by Colin Ketchin. This episode was edited by me, Timul Chaudhary. You can find us on Twitter at Geeking Program or our website, commongeekingprogram.com. As always, thank you for listening. Uh, stay in touch. Stay tuned. Ciao.